but uh, but it, and we'll have a big family atmosphere. And in fact, I'm a family man. I like I like family. Family's a good thing. I I had uh, I I'm the fourth of five siblings. So had had all these these brothers in the house and one younger sister. All my brothers were older than me. My sister was younger than me. So I was at the tail end of the of the of the brothers. So that meant. I got beat up all the time, but I couldn't beat up my sister, or I wasn't allowed to. Let's just say, let's just put it that way. I was not allowed to beat up my sister. But I'm also today. I'm I'm a family man. Uh, I uh, we we have here. I'm a little off centered there. There we go. I'll feel better if I'm right in the middle. Okay, good, good. I'm a family man, and. Uh, and and you know, as as a result of that, you know, I, I guess I I really pattern who I am after the way I was raised, and a lot of people do that, and, and it's it's been good. My mom and dad they got married back in 1955, and they're still married. In fact, they uh, they will be celebrating 60 years of marriage. I mean, that's like a long time, uh, 60 years of marriage this next year, and uh, and for me, I have been married for 26 years, so I I'm not catching up with them, but but I'm still on my way. I remember when my parents had been married around 25, 26 years, I knew they were like old people, but I'm. it's just interesting how times have changed because that, that means something different these days, right? So, so but but I have three sons at, in my family, and, and they're all here, and we have two chihuahuas, and they're not here, but they would love to be here if we would bring them. They'd be running around saying hello to every one of y'all, and you, you would, all, everyone would have new friends. But, uh, but family, I mean, it can be you and your siblings. I don't know what your family situation looks like, but maybe it's you and your parents, or maybe you and your spouse. Uh, maybe it's it's a house full of children. Uh, maybe family for you is your spiritual family. In fact, we're moving into family season where we celebrate with our spiritual family as well as with our, our biological family. Thanksgiving is next week. Can you believe it? It is next week. And and uh, and then right after that, we're going to have Christmas and, and uh and families are just are wonderful. In fact, there are popular families in our culture uh, that that uh, that I want to show you. And and this one, I don't know if you got any of y'all know who does anyone know who this is? The Partridge Family. Doesn't that some of you guys that makes you feel warm and fuzzy? The Partridge Family. Some of you wanted to be in the Partridge Family. It just they're such wonderful people. Uh, here, okay, let's look at another one. Here, let's see another family. Okay. That that would be the Bush family. They would be like the polar opposite of the Partridge family. There you have the whole Bush family. Uh, let's let's look at another family here that we can look at. Oh, do you guys know who which family that is? The Brady Bunch. Don't they make you happy? Also, see, I wanted to be in the Brady Bunch too. And the nice thing I thought it would be so cool is I would only have two brothers and not three. And 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 I, I, I but as I watched the Brady Bunch growing up, I always pictured myself as the youngest. What was his name? Peter? Was Peter the, Bobby? Bobby was the youngest. And that's because I, I felt like Bobby. It's just, life is hard when you're the youngest. All right, here's another family. Now, see if we can guess who this family is. Um, the what family? The Trump family. Ooh, that's the Donald Trump family. Yes, and if you ever been to New York and 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 run into Donald, of course, uh, Trump Tower hangout. Uh, but uh, and and then here's another family. One last family on there. Now, uh, okay, you guys know who this is. Who is this? 
Kardashians. Now, see, the truth is, I'm not really sure who they are, but I know, I know that that uh, that I've, Rebecca, you can tell me all about them because she can make sure that we I stay up on that stuff. And but family, hey, family is important. Family really is, and and there are some ways and some patterns in which families operate, and and but but these ways and these patterns can actually cause pain, fracturing, and disappointment. And and some families look great in the marketplace. I mean, in fact, they some of the, they look good. There were the fake families and the real real families that were up there, but they can look good. But but when you get behind the closed doors of home, all of a sudden, these people that look good out there are raging maniacs behind those doors. And we call that, in our culture, a dysfunctional family. Now, truth be told, there is dysfunction in every family, but there's this new trend. It's a recent trend where we just say, hey, we're all dysfunctional. Let's celebrate our dysfunction and let's live with it because every other family is dysfunctional, so I'm dysfunctional, and that's going to be just fine. Well, the truth is that is still not a good plan. The truth is if you travel the world, it's, it's easy to see that American families actually behave different and, and we just do things different than other families and, and that's not necessarily a good thing and that's something we need to own up to. It's something we need to deal with. So honestly, I'm going to ask you today to sort of kind of renew and refresh your mind so that you can establish and, and begin to consider some healthy patterns. Uh, uh, Paul in the Bible, he, he wrote this, he said, do not conform to the pattern of the world, but instead what we're supposed to be is be transformed by renewing our minds. So, so if your family is stuck, then start, like Paul said, thinking differently about how family is done. And that's what this message is about. It's about thinking and thus following up with acting differently when it comes to family. Now, some of you, you're at this foundational stage in your family, and, and now is actually the very, very best time to lie that foundation. And, and, and you can do that, and when you do that effectively, there is going to be less dysfunction in your family. Uh, and and it's, so it's time to begin to think different and then follow it up with acting different. So if you want to get unstuck in your family, the primary thing that you need to do is to do this. Give God first place in your family. Give God first place. And so and 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 don't don't look to the Partridge family or the Bush family or the Trumps or the Kardashians, but learn you, you, what you have to do is to learn how to get unstuck in your own family. You see there's this principle that's that's through the scriptures and I teach it first equals blessing. And that principle of first equals blessing is, you know, when it's first in your finances, there's blessing. When God is first in your work, there's blessing. We've talked about those so those things. And it's the same thing with family. If you want to move from stuck to unstuck in your family, God needs to be first place. The definition we're using during the series of messages on being unstuck is this. It is moving forward in my life because I'm willing to give God complete control. The big terms here are those last four words. Give God complete and control. For the control freaks, that's like, oh no, I don't know about that. For those who, who don't want to open up their door to, to God much, not, not, not sure what that might do, that's, that's scary, but it is to give God complete control. And then a lot of you would say, yes, yes, I want that. I want that. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. I'm going to do everything I can do to convince you to do that. 
Now, you might be single here today going, oh, man, this is one of those messages that doesn't apply to me at all. Well, yes, it does, because this is preparation time. In fact, it is probably better for you than for anyone else, because now you still have the opportunity to lay the foundation. And there's, plus there's also something that's very, very cool and amazing about being a follower of Jesus is that you actually become a part of God's family also. God says that you can't really choose the family you're born into, but you do get to choose your spiritual family. So actually, you know, when you are reading the Bible and, and you read through like the New Testament about what it talks about, well, it's very clear all through there you're a part of two different families. You're a part of a biological family. You had no choice over that. You just arrived one day and bam, there you are. You didn't get to choose your parents. You get to, didn't get to choose where you were born. You did not get to select your brothers and sisters, and some of you would like to send them back and get others. And But that's the nature of a biological family. But you do get to choose your spiritual family. Spiritual family is the local church. In fact, most, this is interesting, most of what the New Testament says about family actually talks about the spiritual family. It's talking about us as family. In fact, there was this one time when, when Jesus' when Jesus' brothers and sisters thought he had gone crazy, and, and so they were coming to try to stop him from doing his, his preaching and helping people and healing people. And and and, uh, and his disciples said, hey, you know, Pastor Jesus, no, they probably didn't say pastor, but they said, Jesus, Jesus, there is, uh, your brothers and sisters are out there, and they need they need to talk to you right now. And Jesus said, well, who is my brothers and who are my sisters? It's, just, it's like, wait a minute, let's think about family differently. And Jesus really introduced that, and that's something that we believe in. So once you come to Christ, what's happened is you become adopted, sounds like Charles said, into a new family. And here's what the really, really good news about this is if you grew up in a bad family and, and it was terrible for you, then you have an opportunity now to embrace this spiritual family. And the truth is, some of you did grow up in very bad biological families, families where there was a lot of hurt. Uh, some of you were in families where pain was just the definition of being at home. There was anger. There was violence. For some of you, there was abuse in various forms. And, and the truth is, I wish that wasn't the case. I'm sorry that that's the situation that you have grown up in. Maybe some of you are even dealing with today. But God says this, is your past does not have to be the limit on your future. Because even though your biological family, even though it may have been bad, even though you may have been messed up in the past, you might think, well, it's too late to go back. It's too late to fix any of that. That's not true because your past is not a limitation for God. See, he has a future for you, and, and, and another truth is you have a spiritual family. Yet at the same time, it's never too late just to start fresh and to make some changes and to, and to, and to clean some things up. Again, maybe you're here and you don't have a family yet. You might be saying, man, I'm, I'm single and I'm here, or maybe you're saying I'm, I'm married, or, or some of you might say, well, I'm divorced, and others of you, you don't have a, rule of a family because you don't have children, and, and the rest of you, you just you, your family is so weird, you don't want to have anything to do with them, and you're dreading Thanksgiving, and, and, and you're thinking of all these excuses. You're begging your boss, work me on Thanksgiving Day. Let's keep the offices open or something. But, and you're saying, how does this message relate to me? Well, I want everyone to take some good notes and to jot some things down because I've prayed that, that God will take little things that I've said today and will apply it directly and specifically to where you are. 
I just think God does that. I want you to learn what God says about the importance of putting him first in your family. So, and, and, and if you do that, God will bless your family in your future. You'll be ready to go. But since most of our church does fall under this category of being a part of a family, meaning you were raised in a family, members of a family, or you're connected to a biological family because maybe your parents are still alive or you have children or you're married or a child is even on the way, these steps can be very, very practical to take. And and the way to give God first place in your family is this, because I'm not just going to say give God first place. I'm going to tell you how. Here's the how, is you need to focus your family daily in conversation with God and hearing from God. Conversation with God and healing from God. Now, there was a traditional way that we did this, and I'm not mocking it or putting it down, but, but, uh, but we would do this in our family when I was a kid, especially a younger child growing up, is, is we would have this time where, where we, would, we would have no television and nothing, and, and, and Dad would read from the Bible, and we would all pray, and we would, we would kneel in chairs and pray, and it would have to be about two hours long. And the truth is, I'd fall asleep in, in the chair. Falling. But, but I had memories of that, and those, those were good times. Those were rich times, and, and those are great. Those are things to do, but I encourage you to think even outside the box about how you can do this because prayer, I would start off with prayer and say that is one of the, one of the most important things you need to be bringing into your family. And, and a way to do this is to develop traditions that you just decide these are going to be times that we will pray because they will be reminders. We will pray when this happens. We will pray at this point. We will pray here. When you begin to set up prayer traditions into your family, then prayer becomes a natural part of the fabric of your family. For example, a simple one is to pray before meals. Pray before meals. Uh, just, Just simply stop and thank God. And a lot of people say to bless the food, yes. And, and you know, that, that basically came about so because when people wanted to pray over their food so it didn't kill them when they ate it. But, but, uh, but in our culture, that's not quite as big of a deal. But uh, use that as an opportunity to just give thanks to God, to thank God. You know, you know just thank God for the day. Talk to God. Uh, another one is before the family makes major decisions in your business, in your family, with purchases and other things, is just to pray. God. We need your help with this. We want to make sure we're making the right decision. Uh, holidays. Pray together at holidays. Pray together. Uh, pray together before taking a road trip. And, and those are things that we do also in my family so that before we get on the road, we're going to pray. And, and that way, prayer becomes normal. Prayer is part of the family tradition. Another thing to do at home, which helps you to, to also hear from God, is to talk about the sermon. Uh, talk about it with each other. What did you like about that? What did you not like about? It? What can we apply? What's good? What about this scripture? And, and then you with your boys and girls, children, to ask them, what did you learn in church? Now, some of them are going to say, I learned that I really like this kind of candy, and it tastes so good, and, and that's great. Well, then drill out or beyond the candy and find out what it is that they learned. What did the big guy talk about, or what did the lady talk about? What did they show you, and what did you learn about Jesus today? You see, drill deep. Uh, open up your Bibles at home and look at them and read through them and talk about them. And when you begin doing this, now you are communicating with God and you're 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 worshiping with God. I encourage you to put on worship music in the house and 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 you know put it on your iPad or your iPhone or whatever on your stereo or put it in your eight track. I don't know what version you use. Just something. Put on something there in the house that's going to make that the the worship of God come alive in your home. And what you've done there is you have now welcomed. God 
into your home because you're actually communicating him to, with him and to him. You're, you're talking to him. You're worshiping him. He's talking to you in your home. See, it's not supposed to just happen here. This is a kind of a gathering. We said welcome home here to this because this is kind of this is a gathering. This is a spiritual family. That's what we do here. But it should happen at your house too. And it's not weird. It's just wise. In fact, the Bible says David, David, he said these words. He said, look to the Lord and his strength and to his face always. So where is God in the middle of your, fi- uh, your family dynamics? Where is God's face in the midst of your home? As God's face in your home, it will build a strong, stable foundation for your family. See, Jesus said these words. He says, he said, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life or homeowner improvements to your standard of living. These are foundational words, words to build a life on. So the, take what God is saying, take what God is doing, and put it into your family life. And, and I just want to ask you, what does your foundation look like? Does it look like it's built on the things that Jesus says? And, and if not, Now's the time to do some foundation repair. Come on, it's Texas. We know all about foundation repair. In order to give God place, first place in your family also is to involve your family in church. I'm just telling you, it's a commitment they will not forget. They won't forget. Now, I, I'm all into the finer things of life. Bass Hall, the parade of lights, the museums. Paddling, paddle boarding on the river. I mean, just all the cool things you get to do downtown. They'll be opening up the ice skating. I don't know if it's opened up yet. They should have it open right now, but that's going to be open up here. Outdoors ice skating in Texas. I mean, it can't get any better. Going to the movies, letting your kids play sports, and I'm all into that stuff. That's, that stuff's great. But in the grand scheme of things, if your focus is on that stuff, and church only becomes something that you do when you feel like it, when there's nothing else to do, or when you don't have a hangover, then what you're doing is you are setting up your family for a very tough road ahead. I'll just be honest with you. You are teaching your children that what God has to say is nothing more than an inconvenient religious formality because it's not really important to your life. It only works in your life when it's convenient. God is inconvenient. Say, that's not what's going on in their heads. Oh, oh, trust me, it is. It is. See, in that case, God really isn't first place. And I just encourage you to establish this as a family value. Solomon, he said this, the wisest guy who ever lived, he said, point your kids in the right direction. And when they're old, they won't be lost. I mean, so what? foundation would you rather build your life on and your family on? God's Word and praying together and hearing from God and, 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 and being in church and trusting that this principle is true or just saying, Solomon, you're off your rocker. I'm just going to go ahead and let my kids figure it out on their own. I figured it out on my own, and, and I'm okay. It's like, oh, are you okay? <laughs> so I know you can't control the future of your kids. You can't control the future of your own lives, but you can control the foundation that you establish for your family. That's why I think church is really important. I'm all into it. It has not, hear me well, it has not messed up my family. Church really has two aspects to it, and Preston touched on this a minute ago, and it's about feeding and being fed. 
It's about serving and worshiping. It's about giving and receiving. And that's why I'm really excited about the two-service schedule that's launching in January because you now get, you will be able to even do this to model it to others. You can model worship to your family, and you can model serving to your family because when you're a part of the family, everyone participates. Like in our home, my sons, they have certain roles and responsibilities. I do. My wife does. Everyone who calls it home, we all do things together for the betterment of the house and the household. And In fact, we're even setting up a program for our children when we move to the two services to where children will be able to even serve in one of the services, and in the other one, they will, be, have, they will actually have the opportunity to be served. So they will learn how to feed and be fed in the same gathering. I'm just telling you guys, that's really, really healthy. That's good. And over the next six to eight weeks, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to engage this. So I'm going to make this really practical. I'm going to take, a, take just a minute here to do something extremely practical. I'm going to ask you guys to pull out your Connect card. I'm not drawing your attention to it yet today on purpose, but will all of you please do this? Just every one of you take out your Connect card and grab a pen. Why I'm, what I'm asking you to do is to, is to take a look at this Connect card because as we move into 2015, as we move into our new year, we are going to have a lot of opportunities for some new things. A lot of new Connect groups are going to be opening up. We're, we're looking for even for new leaders for Connect groups and opportunities for ministry. But, but as you're looking this over, I encourage you to fill out the top part. But really, here's what I want you to look at. First of all, what type of connect group would you like more information on? We will be getting information out to various ones of you, or really to anyone who marks us. So here, here's, here are some things that I'm interested in. I want to connect at a deeper level with some other people. Mark off any of these that apply to you. Here's the next part, though, and, and that's, that's part of, of being a part of, of even one of the, the, uh, the micro-communities around here. And, and it is because as our, as our congregation grows more and more, we have the micro-communities, and that's really what this is, the connect groups. But then as we move into 2015, we're also going to be having a lot more opportunities to serve. In fact, they will almost be doubled the number of opportunities to serve here in the church. And so, so I'm asking you to take a look at this. There are a lot of teams that you could serve on. You want to know a good way to get to know people and, and get, just, just get, make some new friends is just to do stuff with them and serve with them. Here are some opportunities. Children's ministry team. We're going to have to double our children's ministry team, and I think that's exciting. That's quite a, quite a lot of fun. Hosting team. Uh, an admin and support team, and a lot of that actually happens on Sundays. The admin and support it just actually happens, like from computers all over the place around here. Uh, usher parking team. Uh, can maybe some of you want to be a connect, say, connect group leader? Maybe you've led a group before, or or you would like to get some people together and 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 do a Bible study, or or, or do a group where where you just 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 do things together and serve together and get to know one another. Maybe that's you. Don't be ashamed to mark it on there. Just say, yeah, I think I, I might be interested in that. You're not saying that you're going to. You just say you're wanting more information on it. Uh, a guest connect. Maybe you're interested in just, you, you like people. You would love to connect with other people. Mark that on your card. Worship team, photography, graphics, youth ministry, AV. That means audio visual. Yes. Uh, all right. Thank you. I was going to say video, but visual is better. Audio visual, tech team. And he's like, well, those are for the really smart people. <laughs> no. No. I mean, well, not that they're not smart, but I need to shut up right now. 
And then mark anything else. For example, if you want to be baptized in water, mark it on that next thing. I want to know more about water baptism because we'll be doing that this next Sunday. Uh, you can mark off the other things on here. And, but, but here in just a minute, I'm going to ask our ushers to collect these. So I'm going to ask you to just take a second and complete it. Please do it now. Just do it now. Do it now. So they're, they're going to come here in about, in about two minutes, and they're going to start collecting them. And, and because and, and here's the cool thing about this. You'll be able to serve with your family, and, fa- and families serving together is something really, really powerful. Uh, it has not made my family serves together, and it has not made my family weird. Here's, here's, a, here's a truth of the matter. I don't know whether it's part, but I think it's part of the equation. I have a 16-year-old. No, actually, he's 15. thinks he's 16. I have a 15-year-old, an 18-year-old, and a 20 through 2-year-old-ish. And I never remember ages, but I do know I've been married 26 years, and I better always get that one right. But my family's all in church today. My family's all serving today. My family all loves God. I'm not a perfect dad, and I have plenty of dysfunction in my own family. But the truth is, we serve together. We serve together. I go to wake up my sons this morning at 6 a.m. They're happy to get out of bed because they know they get the opportunity to serve because they, they, they know they're going to get to make a difference in someone else's life. Hey, that's what it's about, guys. And that's pretty cool. And I'm glad I established that. Um. And the truth is, this is your spiritual family. And in a healthy family, we serve. If you're a guest today, then you're, you're not part of the family, so I don't expect you to do that. In fact, I want you to fill out your Connect card. If you're a guest, please fill out the Connect card and, and, and take it over to the Connect station afterwards. We have a gift for you, and just you know, we, we want to recognize you and honor you. We don't expect the guests to clean the kitchen, not at all. Instead, so we want to honor you. So, guests, please go ahead and complete the Connect card. And the ushers, I'd like for you guys just to go ahead now and, and begin to collect these cards and just pass those little baskets by. And, and while, they're, while they're passing those baskets, here's, just what, here's my encouragement to you. Keep God in the middle of your family. Because here's what, here's what Solomon also said. He said, unless the Lord builds your house, the builders labor in vain. Now think about that for a second. What he's saying is you will work yourself to death. And he is implying that you could lead your family to destruction if you're not letting God build your house. And for some of you, that's the foundation that you need to put into place. So also to give God first place in your family, we need to readily forgive family members when necessary. I know this is hard. This is the tough one, and as I mentioned earlier, all families are dysfunctional. Admit it, you are dysfunctional, but, but you can emphasize the fun in dysfunctional and, and just and say, you know what, I'm going to get past the past so we can have fun again. Some of you, listen, you need just to simply laugh some things off or, because you, you're not going to let it get, you just don't want to let it get the best of you anymore. Let things go. I mean, don't keep each other in private prisons in your own homes because they left the milk out all night and you didn't get to have milk with your granola this morning. You had to eat it dry or anything like that. Forgive. In fact, Paul said this, to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. That's the biggie. Christ forgave you, so we have to forgive others. And it's not easy. 
It wasn't easy for him, but forgiveness is critical for pulling out the fun and keeping that fun in the dysfunctional family. Don't wait for them to forgive. Don't say, well, I'll forgive them if they, you know, I'll forgive them if they, uh, if they say they're sorry and then, they, they're, then they, they're, they do all these things and then I'll forgive them. No, just be the bigger person. Forgive them whether they, whether they do the right thing or not. It doesn't mean that they're getting away with it, 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 but what it does mean is that you're moving forward and you are getting unstuck. And when you get unstuck, then the rest of the family has a chance of getting unstuck. Also, to give God first place in your family is you need to schedule celebrations together. This is the fun part. In fact, in fact, uh, this is a, a powerful time to reconnect with your family. That's what next Sunday is about. So, so you're not supposed to leave after church. You're going to eat anyway. Don't go somewhere and eat by yourself, but stay here and just get to know some people and have fun with the food and all of that. And, and, and that's what Thanksgiving, that's one of the things I'm going to enjoy about that. We're, I'm looking forward to it. We, we canceled our out-of-town plans, and we're going to stay home. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be great. It's, and, and, and we've already begun to talk about the schedule and who's going to do what and the fun and the interaction and and what what television is you know what on TV is going to take the priority in movies and all that it's a, schedule a celebration i mean come on guys you are in downtown fort worth right now this is like one of the best places for celebrations the the, the plaza events that are coming up this weekend is the Christmas tree lighting. Just get your family, go out there, and, and guys, take your lady out there and put a coat on and kiss her underneath the Christmas tree. Find some mistletoe. Just, just go and celebrate and have a great, wonderful time. Uh, there, there's, the, there's the parade of lights coming up. Do it. Have a celebration with your family. Uh, there's, there's the Christmas Eve event that's going to be happening, and, and just schedule celebrations. One of the things that we do even with celebrations, which even helps our home to stay uh, happy and fun, is, is I do something that... That I, that I do each February, and I do it the week of Valentine's Day. See, because my wife's birthday and Valentine's Day, they're on the same week. In fact, they're they're side by side. And, and she told me this when we were engaged. She said, I always hated it when my birthday came around because I felt like my birthday kind of got sucked into Valentine's Day. And I took that as a cue. I was like, well, not anymore. And so I started doing something our first year of marriage, and I have I have not missed a week since then. Now, now whether we're at the highest high or the lowest low, we've done this, and we call it Love Week. And what we do is I plan this out, and for a dude, you know, to plan out romantic stuff, I don't know, guys, if it comes really easy for you, some of it does, it's, it takes a strategy for me. But, but I, I strategize it, and I plan it, and I, I schedule it, and, and then we do this thing all for, for a week, but immediately before and immediately after her birthday and Valentine's Day, and she gets a card every day and a gift, a small or a large gift or something like that every day, and, and just little surprises all, all week long, and it's just fun. It's a... It's a, we have these mini celebrations just poof, 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 all week long. I like it. My family gets to see it as well. My sons get to see this modeled, and they get to see us enjoying it. I mean, do celebrations also for your parents. That's a good thing to do. I mean, that's a command in the Bible. It's to honor your father and mother, and it says, then you get to live a long, full life. You, here, here's the deal. Add years to your life. 
call your mom, call your dad, be kind to them and celebrate with them and, and feast with them if you're able to this next week. If not, Skype with them. I can't Skype with my family. In fact, I was talking to my mother and dad about this yesterday. It's like my dad, he, can, he doesn't even know how to use his regular phone, and it's not a smartphone. It's what, what someone around here calls a dumb phone. It's just it, he makes phone calls, but he can't even figure out how to do that. And, and my mom, it was just it, she, she has a smartphone, but it, it, you know, Skype is like, what, what? Don't know what, what? Tell me louder, son. I can't hear you. Well, uh, that's okay. That's okay. But find ways to create celebrations. And finally, to give God first place in your family is this. Trust God with your family. Will you do that? So don't be a control freak. Trust God with your family. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, that means in all of your comings and goings, in all of your pathways of life, submit to him. That includes the family and the home. It says he'll make your path straight. Keep God in front of your family. Keep God in the middle of what you do. Moses, he had a strategy for keeping families from getting stuck, and his strategy was this. It was, it was to simply keep God's word and the talking about God in the home. That didn't, that's not a new principle. This is something that was established way, way, way back. He said, these commandments that I give today are to be on your hearts. He said, impress them on your children. Listen to this. Talk about them when you sit at home. When you walk down the road, when you get in your car, when you lie down, when you get up, talk about these things of God. Trust God with your family and simply decide that you're going to put God first. Joshua was even a leader in this concept, famous Bible hero who followed Moses. I like what he said because obviously he practiced these words that Moses had said and he lived it. He said, well, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And here's the truth. I, I can't make you do anything. I can't make you serve God. I don't even try. That's too hard. <laughs> I can't make anyone serve God. Here's, here's the deal. As far as Tim, Tim Woody and Tim Woody's household is concerned, well, we're going to serve the Lord because I do know this much. God knows this too. My family knows this too. We need him. <laughs> we really, really need him. I want that to be the case for you as well. We need him in our spiritual family as well. That's why we have this. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, God, that you give us help. You give us hope. You give us strength and encouragement regarding what we can and should do with our families. First of all, God, I want to pray for people in this room who are too just, their families are so, so messed up. And maybe they're coming out of that or have stepped out of that or maybe they're in the middle of it right now. They're looking good and looking sharp sitting here, but on the inside, they're tore up because their family's a mess. And I pray for your healing power and strength to come to them. pray that people who have made mistakes in family relationships will receive forgiveness for you and forgive themselves and not continue wallowing in the mistakes. 
I pray, God, that you will help every person in this room to, to release and to give up this an, an, an attitude or a spirit of regret where regret masters their lives and masters their family and keeps families stuck. I pray, God, that you will lift up every person in this room. For those who need to make decisions and changes, I ask God that you give the strategies even now as I'm praying, the clear strategies regarding foundation repair and changes that needs to happen in the home. Also, changes that need to be set up for the future. For those who do not yet have a family to engage with this, I, I pray, God, that you will give them strategies for creating that foundation so that when they create that foundation, it's going to be there, it's going to be solid, and be setting their family and the rest of their life up in the next generation and the next and possibly the next for success because of these decisions that were made to go against what the culture says, to do, maybe do it different than their parents did. Simply choose, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do my best to do it right. So let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most important things we can do as we close today is to recognize that we are all on a journey here. Nobody has this figured out. Nobody is perfect. But that we leave here with some things that we're going to do different in the days ahead. And to engage with your spiritual family in a huge way. I'm just telling you guys, it was a theory for me for years. It's not a theory anymore. It's a fact. You engage with your spiritual family and you serve with your biological family in your spiritual family and God does some amazing, amazing things. And you're going to see opportunities for God to continue even blessing your own life years and years and years down the road because of those decisions you made. And that's what I care about. That's what I want for you.